Hi, I'm Laura Boswell. And I'm Peter Keegan. And as always, we have the talented Mr. B on sound. Welcome to Ask an Artist. Do you need help to take the leap and become a working artist, the sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time? We're both that sort of artist and we're going to help you become one too. One of the positive things the COVID-19 crisis has created around the world is to turn almost everyone over to connect digitally. Artists and creatives in particular have been using digital video platforms to perform, create and inspire those who've decided to tune in. In this episode, Laura and I are going to discuss how we're both using the art of digital media to assist both our creative practice and our business. So, Laura, it's been a couple of weeks since we've last chatted and we are both still in this sort of lockdown, isolated period. Uh, first of all, how are you doing and coping with it all? Yeah, I'm sort of settling down now. It's been a bit of a bumpy ride to start with. Um, but I think the main thing has been adjusting from uh, an artist with teaching scheduled shows, exhibitions, uh, meeting up with galleries, things like that, all in the calendar and all planned and that's that's just gone out of the window. And now I've had to think that if I want to reach out and contact anybody or make any connection to clients and so forth, it's all got to be done digitally. Mm. So that is quite something to change from being a, a quite social animal to a digital one. Yeah, it's made me realise that there's, there's this sort of flip side, isn't there, to an artist mm. where part of us crave and love being left alone and isolated to get on and do our own work oh, sure. but then we it's made me this whole sort of lockdown period has really highlighted the fact that how i and many artists do rely on a face-to-face engagement and, well, and public you, working Peter, as you're a portrait artist <laughs> yeah absolutely it's got a, it's caused a lot of problems with with meeting people to paint their portraits which has all had to pause uh, enormously and it's and it's fascinating school as well because you we mustn't forget that peter organizes and uh, we both of us teach at the courtyard art studio and that's that's a whole other thing that you've had to yeah and, and that's the thing that i've been it's been really taking up an enormous amount of my time since this has happened uh working through how I can sort of lay everything dormant, I suppose, and pause it and freeze it uh, whilst this happens, but then also planning for its future in regards to how I'm going to manage the courses that have been cancelled mm. or postponed, and then how I'm going to be able to manage it successfully into 2021 and beyond, because there will be a lot of, um will be sort of still paying and covering mm. for the losses that we've incurred in, in 2020 mm. so it's also managing that big challenge as well which i'm still learning and, and figuring out how to but do I, I think there is a small plus side to the whole being an artist and teaching thing in that we are used to adapting and changing things and to coping when things don't go to plan um not on this sort of huge scale that we're having to face now mm. but the very nature of the job as a self-employed creative means that you have to think on your feet and quite often you have to um, cope when plans go wrong or mm. the equipment's not there or something happens. So I think it's it's something that I found is an unexpected strength for the business that um, has kind of been really useful over the past few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's you can... I mean, I'm certainly noting that those... Um, uh, people out there who are 
adaptive uh, and, mm. and able to be very flexible with the way that they run their business are doing so, you know, are seeing this as an opportunity to maybe learn new skills or to slightly tweak and change uh, their business model to accommodate mm. this lack of engagement and to transfer everything digitally. And I mean, and here, here we are, there's you and I, we're talking right now, we're not sitting opposite each other as we usually do we're no. sitting in our retrospective homes uh, chatting over screens <laughs> absolutely yeah i can see a virtual image of you but we're still able to communicate with ourselves and to still tell to deliver this um, this podcast so i think there are there are lots of different ways and opportunities that we can continue working through a digital means yeah i, um, I think that actually that whole thing about um, the business tool of being adaptive is something we've we've maybe not thought about, and it might be fun to do an episode or a short on times we've had to adapt and ways we've mm. worked. But because yeah. it's, it's we're, we're always, I mean, I've been put into so many positions where you you assume something's going to happen and yes, then last minute it's yes, taken yes, away yes. from you and then you have to it is up to you yeah. you can't turn to anyone else to sort of find out what the answer is it's up to you to be uh, resilient and figure out what it is yeah. i find also as well it's what i'm also appreciating is is what i've got mm. and how i can kind of capitalize on what are what my strengths are and the the, the the audience and the market and the platforms that i use um because starting from scratch i think would be would be quite yeah, difficult in some ways because we have talked in previous episodes about setting up a website working with social media mm -hmm. um and and those aspects of your business which you should be doing online and it's never been more clear that that is good work done mm. and that it's not something that you can get away with thinking, oh, I don't do social media, I don't do computers, I'm not interested in that. Mm. Because it really will have bit you on the bum, basically, at this point, if yeah. you haven't got that in place. And yeah, this is highlighted more than ever why yeah, sure. you should, if you haven't already, have some sort of uh, foot in the door in the, into the digital world. Then this is really highlighted why perhaps you should, partly from an kind of insurance point of view, just mm -hmm. covering you should everything disappear in um, in another capacity. You know, it's, it's trying to um, spread those eggs over different baskets and don't put them all in one. Yeah. I think. So I know. Sorry, I was just going to say. I think that's one way in which perhaps the world will have completely changed by the end of this epidemic i think everybody mm. will um have learned that you have to have some kind of digital footprint even if it's just to keep in touch with the grandchildren yeah absolutely so i know you and i when when this situation happened and we really had to look at our i suppose our business model from mm. scratch and how are we going to survive and, and change and modify what we do over to a digital platform i don't know about you but there was I was sort of a little bit overwhelmed with all the different possibilities of what I could do digitally and then realising the restrictions and challenges that uh, that, that those presented yeah. as well. I mean, I don't know uh, if you found it, but my feed on uh, social media was suddenly flooded with adverts for how you teach, how you set up a course, how you can make the most of mm. um, your social media, which I found completely overwhelming. It didn't really encourage me. I just found that too much to cope with there was this sort of frantic panic of of mm. people you know almost jumping on the same bandwagon of trying to offer everything digitally and, and sort of flooding the market which in some ways was great because there's such a wonderful uh, array of options and possibilities mm. to learn and engage with artists but then i know that put pressure on other artists that, that didn't want to do that mm. or felt they didn't have the skills or the experience yeah absolutely so I, the way, the way I looked at it, I had to, I had to really look at what I was able 
to realistically deliver yeah. with the the times and the means and my experience and the, the equipment that I had. Um, I had to deliver what I could do and not think too big in something that I just know I wouldn't be able to do. So I started looking at using the technology I have, which was uh, a phone, an iPhone or a tablet and a basic uh, uh, screen monitor um, and how I could deliver something that I could manage. So what I looked at uh, doing was seeing how I can use social media uh, to get something out there. And I instantly looked at live streams where I could talk to people directly and they could communicate with me in that yeah. sort of live uh, platform. And then something that was a bit more pre-bookable and actually where I was able to draw some income from was these uh, digital one-to-one offerings mm -hmm. that I've been doing. So offering uh, critiques or workshops um, that are delivered over Zoom or Skype, which are free platforms. Um, and I can work directly with people who want to uh, learn or get some advice from me and then monetize off that in regards to you mm -hmm. know pay, uh, them paying for my time. So those are the two things that I've realistically think this is how I can fit it into to my life and, and what I needed to, uh, uh, and what this I needed was, to do. Was this uh, technology you then had to do learn up on or did you sort of have that knowledge? To well, in regards to the live streams, I did those through uh, Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook and I, I'd already had a go at it a few times before through uh, Instagram. And it's so simple. I mean, I, I just realised it's just a little button you click, you press live and then suddenly you're live and whoever happens to be on at the same time can can watch you and can talk to you. So I realized maybe perhaps if I build it up and tell people in advance that I will be on at uh, every Thursday from 8pm, then there'll be a bigger audience of tuning in and watching. So that was relatively simple. I was already on that platform. The, the private one-to-ones were different. I'd never done this before. And I was using uh, Zoom where people had to pre-book a session with me. And of course, we had to coordinate our diaries. Mm. And what I had to do was add a page on my website, sort of, I suppose, outlining all the different services that I could offer, whether it is just a half an hour critique or whether it's a full day that we're painting next to each other um, and or demonstrations mm. and so on. So sure. I had to come up with a quick little package if you like of the different services i could offer actually that's a really good point it's it's uh it's one thing to set it all up but you have to make sure that your audience understands how they can access yeah. any kind of um planned interaction like that i had to sort of really from a, from my own sort of uh, peace of mind but also from a professional mm -hmm. point of view i needed to list I, I use the word terms and conditions very loosely, but the, the kind of the, the rules, the stage one, stage two, this is when payment will be taken. This is how we'll meet and sort of a beginning, middle and end. Yeah, I think that's very good advice for anybody who is planning this kind of thing to work out exactly what you want to do and how it's going to happen so that anybody who's getting involved with it knows what they're getting and how to go about getting it at the right mm. time and things like that. And it, and it was, and I, I, I just want to stress, this is not using any high-tech equipment mm. that I had to buy. I was just using my tablet, my iPad that I already used and my phone that I already got. And that's it. Apart mm. from that, I'm just using it. So it's, you could argue it's not the highest quality of audio or visual um, uh, vision. It's, it, it is what it is as these uh, platforms but are. You're but you're still offering that access to you as a tutor which is is really important and and for me as well i i kind of i need that interaction you know mm. I, I work very well with these uh with teaching and interacting with clients and customers mm. i i get a lot from it it stops me feeling 
lonely and isolated in the studio. Yeah, I was going to so. say, I think mentally it's it's good to have that, to have something, a structure and a point of contact to keep normality and routine and, and things mm. going as well. So what about you? Because I know that you've you've sort of done a really wonderful thing on, is it YouTube, isn't it, about how you're able to invite anyone around the world into your studio through yeah. this digital realm. Yeah, we, we took a slightly different path um, in that we decided that what, when I say we, I, I mean Mr. B and I, um, we decided what we were going to do was to invite people into my studio on uh, my social media platforms and follow me making a print. And what it's developed into is a sort of daily tutorial, if you like, about mm. lino cut. And it's, uh, we do it on Instagram and Facebook and on YouTube. And actually, it's not been aimed directly at producing revenue. It's, it's out there and it's free. But the knock-on has been wonderful because people have been very good about supporting me and they have been buying um, cards. And in fact, I've sold prints off the back of it through my online shop, which is mm. still running. Um, so that was a kind of big benefit to us. But also psychologically, like you, it's kept me in contact with... Um, an audience and although it's not like you in that there's not a live feed at the moment though we are thinking of that um it it means that i'm still getting questions and interactions and things like that through social media which has been very good mm. and the discipline of having to produce a film every day has been is has been very good for us Although it's been a terrible pressure on Mr. B because I do the easy part. I just present what I'm doing, but he has mm. to then go away and produce what I think of a very professional looking video. Yeah, the quality is really yeah. good. The crystal yeah, clear he quality really does in the image. a good job on that. But that is, is putting a lot of pressure on him. And oddly, usually what happens in our working partnership is that um, I'm very driven and working with a very high workload ben's got a fair workload too but now it's completely reversed and he's got a really high workload mm. whereas i'm i'm not 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 working but i i'm not under as much pressure as he is so in regards to the, the equipment I was using, which is just a phone and, and the tablet, mm. are you using more equipment in order yeah, to deliver are. these I mean, videos? We have, uh, we have good sound equipment because of making these podcasts here. But mm. Ben's using, uh, he's got three cameras that he uses for filming these videos. Um, and I think he's seeing this as a, uh, an educational opportunity for himself to develop his filmmaking. Mm. So that's kind of a win as well. Yeah, I think this is by by this this situation forcing us to try out different things. It's inevitably an opportunity to learn a new skill and learn something out of it, and sort of seeing the positive. I have been watching these videos, and they're they I think they're fantastic. I love how um, kind of short and sweet they are. They're these wonderful little nuggets. You give so much information freely, uh, which I think is really positive for the marketing side. You know, you're looking, well, I have you're to giving say, something. You know, it's. Um my viewers have rocketed and it's, mm. it's had a lot of benefits. And I'm thinking now we're looking at the possibility of doing sort of live streaming by appointment where people will pay a little yeah. bit to join me and ask questions as I work. So, you know, we may monetize that 
simply because we do, you know, we are running a business. And although it's lovely to give away these free films, at some point I do have to think about income and things like that. Yeah, it is a balance, isn't it? Because I think inevitably, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as a consumer, I want an element of preview. I want to see what I'm going oh, to be yeah, getting before I, I pay for, for it. For yeah, sure. yeah. And that's why I've been doing the, I've been doing lots of uh, sort of time lapses. So when I am in the studio, the, the rare little nugget of time I get in the studio a week to produce any artwork, I am uh, recording it and, and making a little time lapse video. And again, this is all on my little mobile phone. So I'm learning how to do this yeah. um, and I'm putting it out there for free. So people are able to kind of, you know, watch how a painting is, is created yeah. from start to finish. I think that's, um, that's really good. In regard to your, when you, when uh, Mr. B does the recording, am I right in saying that there's a relatively large amount of post-production which needs a lot of yeah. you know software uh, yes, knowledge and I, stuff i think i think so i mean i <laughs> i'm talking from the point of view that i do all the talky stuff and then i shut up and he goes away into the house and he does that mm. um so i i think that there is a lot of post-production it depends how we film it um, but some of them have been more difficult than others. There are some where I'm working both on the printing press and mixing inks at a completely different table and things like that. And yeah, that takes a bit of organising. And I think he does probably an awful lot of work in the background that I don't know. About. Yeah, because I think that's quite important to mm. stress because I've been approached by three or four different artists mm. um, looking to me about how do I start recording these videos and and then putting them on my website and selling them and i mean that's a huge undertaking that requires yeah, a lot of hardware and then a lot of software and i don't think mm. uh, i certainly didn't but appreciate how much editing that goes in afterwards sometimes it's twice oh, if not sure. three times as long as the time spent actually recording oh, it easily that yeah i think also, um, it's people are so used to getting stuff for free and getting such high quality stuff for free um, that they just assume that we can all knock it out in five minutes and it's, mm. it's very easy. So it, there are sort of aspects once you start, like you've been um, live streaming and I've been doing these films in that you do tend to get showered with questions and people wanting you to send them an email explaining something and if you're not careful you can end up snowed under with a lot of extra mm. work so you have to sort of appreciate that you need to manage that as well in some way yeah yeah so there are, i mean there are certainly there are certainly pros and cons mm. to to transferring elements of, of an artistic business over to uh, to the online world um i think one of the the positives that i can draw from it is you know, how I am in control of this situation. It's given me something that I can uh, be do yeah, something about. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I finding that enormously helpful as opposed to just things cancelling on me and I haven't got any uh, positional say on that. So the fact that I can control a little, uh, a little live stream or a, a booking an appointment with somebody, I'm finding that not only for my mental health, but also just from a business sense, incredibly useful and structured. And of course, the world is our playground now as well. Yeah, absolutely. It opens up to a to a global audience all of a sudden it's not just you know regional or national anyone around the world can can tune in and so on so so that's wonderful i'm finding it, it's relatively it's low expense i'm not using personally any new equipment i'm using what i've got no, so way. so that's really you know useful that's something to be drawn out of um and i'm working directly with my audience i'm 
contacting them through social media, through my mailing lists and through email. I'm not having to go through uh, an organization or a gallery or a teaching school to kind of get at it. I'm working directly with them, uh, which is lovely because people are then contacting me and you know, making sure I'm okay. And those relationships are starting to, to build really nicely. And they're relationships uh, that once we come out the other side of this may be very powerful tools because everybody who sees you online is potentially someone who thinks, oh, I really like that, that way of teaching, but I wish we were in a classroom together. Yes, exactly. I'll yeah, come and do a course when we can. Yeah. And that shows the, the, the incredibly powerful marketing tool of this, that you're not just mm. creating content for teaching, but you're creating content that is building your profile and going to help with you you know, marketing in the future. And if it is recorded in the digital world, it will likely last as long as you want it to. Mm. It's not a short-lived thing. If you press a record button or as you're with your videos, you've got content that can live in the digital world yeah. forever if you want it. And the other thing about doing these videos is that it's a good study for me because um, I'm in the process of writing a book about reduction linocut. So actually creating a tutorial in stages online and getting the feedback from people is is kind of good material for the mm. book as well yeah absolutely um let's talk about some of the drawbacks of it um the one of the interesting drawbacks i have experienced is my technical uh, <laughs> incompetence in some things yeah. um you know you you do need to uh, figure things out i mean this is where things like youtube and the internet are wonderful if i don't know how something works it's a if i can tap it into google and find out and watch a little video it will teach me how to do it so mm. it means i have to be adaptable and flexible and open to learning because there yeah. will literally be no one else to do it for me yeah. um but it can be technically confusing and complicated um and, and you can get certainly tied up with cables which i feel like i currently am at the minute <laughs> yes i think we both are and i think the other thing is the the time element and i know we do all have time in isolation but that doesn't mean the business has stopped so we both have mm. kind of business pressures and as we were saying before, if you're going to produce content that requires a lot of editing and, and dealing with post-production, mm. you've got to allow for that adding to the pressure of work. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's knowledge of software and hardware. If you, if you were to invest in all this oh, big, sure. big equipment, that's great. But then you've got to really know and learn how to do it. And yeah, if you spend you know, weeks trying to figure that yeah. out, you're not producing anything. So it, you just have to you, I think, use what you've got or yeah. certainly pick the brains of somebody that you may know who can certainly point you in the right direction of, of what you've got. Yeah, I think I mean, now I think is not necessarily the time to start a brand new big visional dream uh, online teaching business no, i'd say i mean we've we're all the way along actually i think our pretty much our advice with everything is to start small with what you've got and build on mm. it rather than have a, a sort of massive dream for some wonderful thing that you're going to do now and start from scratch i think taking small steps achievable steps Especially at a time like this when, let's face it, we're all worried. Mm. We're all possibly sleep deprived. Lots of people have kids to cope with and things like mm. that. We're not really in a position to start being the new, um, I don't know, Steven Spielberg of yeah. filmmaking. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be taken in stages. So I think in summary, it'd be nice to just to sort of discuss how's... What what effects have we noticed already? I mean, we've been only doing this the last couple of weeks. What have we noticed anything work for us by doing it? And this is the interesting question that I don't we don't know what the answer is. Is 
do we see ourselves using this digital way of connecting with people after this COVID-19 crisis and once restrictions have been lifted and we can carry on uh, interacting in the way we used to, will we still carry on using digital media the way we are? Well, I would say one of the things that I have discovered making these films is that I really enjoy talking to camera and presenting, mm. which is something that I've never really thought about. And you're very good. You're very natural at it as well. So, very But I, I really like the idea of, you know, I picture the, the, the person that I'm talking to and that mm. kind of welcoming the world into my space in that digital way. So I think that for me has been a real positive. How about you? Have you thought found anything particular? What? What I was really surprised at is the the, the, the private one-to-ones that I've done. And I've also done some uh, demonstrations for art groups and art societies through Zoom. So I'm talking to my iPad and suddenly there are 20 to 30 people watching my <laughs> and demonstration. Quite a grid in Zoom. And I, yeah, it does. It's, yeah. But it's, it's kind of really fascinating to see how it all works. And, um, and the, what I was really surprised at was how many of them said can we keep doing this? And they could foresee them wanting this service, even when restrictions have been lifted. Um, so particularly the one-to-ones. I mean, for me, what that has made me realise is that's another string to my bow, a strand to the business model that I can mm-hmm. offer, even when, you know, I'm painting normally and teaching and back to commissions and so on. If I can still make a small amount of time in my diary once a week or a yeah. fortnight to yeah. do these private one-to-ones, uh, and there's a market for that, well, I have to, you know, would I be a fool to uh, say no to those things? I think you're right. And I think if we go down the path of these invitation-only online streaming things, uh, Mm. that might well be something that I do as well. Because it's that idea that you have then a global reach. So that person in Finland who wants to learn or or whatever can, can just get online and be in touch. And also, if you if you're doing something, particularly if it's a one to one, you're offering essentially a premium bespoke service, which then you know you can add that as a higher uh, bracket to your you know what you would expect to get uh, paid for, you know, compared to uh, working with a group of ten people, and then compared to working with a group of of twenty five people, you've got that interesting kind of monetary bracket. You can um, mm-hmm. what's it called a payment tier, if you like. Yeah. Um, and if there are people that are willing to invest and, and, and want a bit of that, then, well, that's fantastic. That's another thing that you've added to your business model. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also the other thing that I would say is it's grown my audience massively mm. and uh, traffic to my website and things like that, which has been very good. So, Peter, we've had a lot to talk about. And do you have a takeaway for this episode? Well, digital media it can be an excellent addition to to any artistic business out there, but it certainly isn't for everybody. Uh, But if the situation arises um, and requires you to make a big change, recognise that you need to be adaptive um, to those circumstances as you might just capitalise from it. So thank you, Peter. And thank you, everybody, for listening. You can catch up with the stuff we've covered during this episode in our show notes at askanartistpodcast.com and you can catch up with me and with Peter and all the things that we're doing online at our social media on Facebook and Instagram and I think Peter's on Twitter as well so the other thing you could do for us which we'd be really grateful for is to subscribe to the show and give us a review if you can we love reading those 